This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the manly, manly Warthog Man Cave. And uh, we're not floated away. I'll cover that at the bottom of the hour. So we had some pretty good rain. Thanks to the naked rain dance. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. And, of course, we're in the Melden Law Studio, a big supporter of ours. Uh, Jeffrey Melden here in the Melden Law is the only official law firm partner of the University of Florida Gators. And uh, Jeffrey gives a lot back to the community. I mean, he really does. He's got the uh, athlete uh, of the week and all that business. So it's uh, a really uh, quite quite significant what he does. We appreciate his support here. And, of course, we've got crime prevention protections 24-7, 365. Uh, John uh, Pastore and Randy Elrad locally owned. Therefore, you can be monitored locally and get a lot of response. And, uh, you know, you got a beef, you can talk to them personally. So I don't think you'll ever have one, though, but um, there you are. And, of course, all of our great sponsors on the spot cleaners really support them. They're fine people. Locally owned business, uh, started it themselves, got it going and hustle, 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 work hard. R&R Construction has been loyal to us from the beginning. GTR is the only outdoor range around here. Very safe, managed by Bennett Latimer, a good friend. And Style Cuts is the place to go get your ears set out or pleased up. However, it is your father used to tell you to go get a haircut. And uh, that's David Ratliff right there uh, next to to Miapa there around the corner from uh, Bill Pinner's Shoes. So, uh Locally owned business. I mean, you got to support them. Uh, they're the, they're the finest, they're the best. So um, keep everything in 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 the home in the home front if you can. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the home front today because um, there's some stories that are really kind of interesting uh, that don't happen all that often. <clears throat> and uh, first of all, um, I want to acknowledge the fact that despite the uh, attempt to frustrate the effort. And by the way, the call-in line is open today, <clears throat> 352-707-9101. Give a call. Let's chat. You know, we got a lot to talk about. If we don't do anything, but just sit around the fire and or the water fountain and just shoot the bull. So uh, this is your chance to, uh, you know, get all uh, the conversation going with yours truly here. So, um, uh, yeah, locally, you know, the, the bill to uh, – Put utilities in the right hands is moving along despite the efforts of Yvonne Henson, whatever her name is now, to frustrate it. Of course, nobody listens to her and it doesn't make it. So it's sailed through the House. <clears throat> it's going to go over to the Senate and it's going to have a good time there and get through there. And uh, it's going to make it to the governor's desk. And as I've said all along, the remarkable thing about this is generally up until now, uh, the rest of the state of Florida has just sort of written off Alachua County 
as just a bunch of oddballs and uh, lefty liberals. And if they sink down here, it's their problem. But because of the great leadership, I think, primarily of Chuck Clemens, he's been able to uh, um, craft this discussion and, uh, you know, um, present it in a clear eyed, clear um, written way. And uh, it has been, uh, uh, you know, listened to and it has been understood. Now, that's a real gift to be able to present complicated issues in straightforward, plain speaking ways. And Chuck has certainly done that here. Yeah, he's a longtime friend of many of us here locally. Um, of course, it gets over to the Senate to be led by Keith Perry. But I think Chuck is the one who really put it together. And he's got to ear people. People trust him. Uh, they know that he's a, a guy who doesn't fly off the handle. And if he uh, puts his shoulder to something, it's generally the right thing to put his shoulder to. So um, this, of course, is... Um, Really been, if you if you want to think of it as bookends, this is the bookend on the concluding. Well, let's say we're looking at a, a stack of books. If you look at the bookend on the left, holding up all this utility issue, that's in, in the middle of all uh, all the years of this utility frustration. Uh, on the left, as I'm looking at the bookshelf, I see the biomass plant. <clears throat> that started with Beguine Underhand, P. Green Underhand, who has always had the moral high ground in her mind, who is a uh, what I refer to as an incubator hothouse plant. By that I mean she's raised here in the academic community and gone to the academic schools and hung around the academic people, had the academic parents. And um, has had a little charm to her. I like Yin. Um, but, um, you know, has persuasive powers and uh, that sort of thing. And uh, can, can speak well and, 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 and has no end of energy for meddling in things. And so she got this whole thing going about, geez, you know, fossil fuel is evil. Now, if you consider her to be what she is, and that's an extreme lefty. Well, that whole sermon is now in the White House. And when Uncle Joe, who can't remember where he was last night, was in Ireland, he told the little chillin, uh, and he can't remember all of his grandchildren, particularly one, he told the little chillin he was going to end fossil fuel in the world. Now think about that. So in P. Green Underhand's mind, She's always been a member of the right club. And everybody else who's not on the same page is just a, a, a lesser entity, if you will. We're just not up to speed uh, with her intellect and uh, vision and, and um, all the above. And so she fires Mike Kurtz. I was there and listened to Mike Kurtz's last argument uh, he made in a big restaurant here in town to a packed Chamber of Commerce group of people, pleading that you don't get rid of this utility in this fossil fuel plant, and you don't buy into this biomass crap. And then when I was chair of the Lodgeville County Rural Concerns Advisory Committee, we entertained this whole thing. And we had very scientific people on that committee, very sober-minded people, 
If it had been good for the community, they'd approved it. Well, they disapproved it. So reasonable people all along the way disapproved of this fiasco. And they listened. They listened to the arguments. And the arguments simply didn't have any substantial merit to them other than an ideology. The science wasn't sound. The finances were not sound. The business deal wasn't even sound in that it was being entered into with somebody who was questionable uh, from out of state. And had been locals had been warned this person was questionable business-wise and whatnot. And they went ahead anyway. So that's one end of the book here. Low, how many years is that? I, I, I'm trying to recall. Um, I remember being somewhere and a fellow named Tom Bussing, who was the mayor who had unseated Paula Delaney, <clears throat> had a clipboard asking people to sign a petition against the biomass plant. Now, ye gods, I, you know, somebody help me out here uh, who's watching or call in and, and, ed- and educate me. I don't know how long ago that was, but it was a pretty darn good while ago. And uh, you can see what happened. I mean, it continued and it continued and it continued. So here we are. Here we are now at 2023. And we've still got the biomass. And now we've still got a bad contract. And complicate that by the fact that the seven-person city commission keeps using money from it to fuel its pet projects. So I, I, I am not really privy. I apologize. I apologize. I apologize um, to how many years that is. How many years and books are the metaphor here. Books are between the two bookends. Um, so I think of it that way. Look up on your bookshelf, if you have a bookshelf. So many people don't now. I uh, enjoy bookshelves all over the place here. I enjoy quiet time among them. I've always enjoyed reading in a, quote, library at home. I have one here. Um, How many years? It's been a long time. And the irony is... that apparently it's going ahead on the national level. This madness has um, no end on the national level. I'm looking for the uh, notifications here, trying to find my show while I'm talking to you all. Um, It seems to have no end. Now it's been picked up by Sleepy Joe, and Sleepy Joe is, of course, uh, going about, in a way, continuing the work of um, Pegeen Underhand. 
And what can I what can I tell you? It's it's um here we've got it. Um the madness nationally, it doesn't have a leader, apparently, who can push the off switch unlike we do here locally with um Chuck Clements. So really what what a what a leader we've had in, in order in, in his ability to stop this madness. Uh, we need one nationally. We need somebody to uh, put the brakes on this craziness because we know we've already studied what's going to happen. Uh, the rest of the world is going to pollute and we're going to sit here and perish economically. And it's going to become much more expensive. Uh, to live here and all the great strengths that we have, we're just giving away uh, our ind- our independent individuality, our constitution, uh, our emphasis on um, everybody holding home. Stuff is becoming uh, and, you know out of reach. So I really applaud the leadership leadership of Clemens. And if you want to have an antagonist and a protagonist. Those are two essential characters for uh, storytelling. The antagonist to all this, no doubt, has been P. Green Underhand, P. Green Hanrahan. She has been the antagonist. And along comes, really, our guy on a white horse, our, pro, our hero, our protagonist, and it's Chuck Clements. And he begins to hear. He begins to study. He begins to persuade. He begins to debate. He begins to write. And the end product has now made its way through the House. And I predict it will go through the Senate. And then we'll watch and see what all this does. It's going to be a pretty serious change of that particular aspect of local government. But there's all sorts of problems remaining with local government. The lack of fiscal responsibility is a big one. They can't even find the receipts for the money they've spent to try to balance the books. And they've done the thing that incompetent commissions do. They keep firing the managers. And sooner or later, it dawns on the public that it's not the managers, it's the commission. And that happens in smaller communities more quickly perhaps than it does here. And here it's complicated by the fact that uh, we've got seven commissioners. I'm watching Commissioner Tim Martin here who hosts for me from time to time. He's a commissioner in Newberry, five commissioners, five commissioners in the city of Alachua, five commissioners in High Springs. It's a reasonable number of people. You know, we're not big enough to have seven. And all we do with seven is, and plus the configuration of a combination of at-large and districts, the county is five, pray tell. Keep it uh, that number. So that's also uh, uh, gummed up the works and made it a difficult situation for the city to straighten out. But leadership is what it's finally all about. Uh, and we have come to a place fortuitously where we've got a good leader in Chuck Clemens who can uh, craft this bill and work it through 
the legislature, and convinced basically the state of Florida that financial responsibility is hurting people here in Alachua County, which heretofore the state of Florida hasn't cared at all about. And you can't blame them. Now, the other kind of local story that uh, is really a homegrown story because the guy is from here is the, the Gillum story. Now, you haven't been reading anything about this trial. There's been a trial going on all this week about Andrew Gillum. Who came within as the proverbial whisker of being your governor? A local sheriff at the top supported this guy, endorsed this guy. He's a buddy of Christopher Chestnut, and his mama Chestnut is his, I believe, his godmother. And Christopher Chestnut's been permanently, not temporarily, but permanently disbarred. You got to work at that. Usually the liars cover for each other. They may kick you out of the club for a little while, but they let you back in eventually. They almost never kick you out permanently. I mean, you've got to really make all the other liars look bad before they'll turn on you and kick you out. But they kicked out permanently Christopher Chestnut, whose buddy, Andrew Gillum, who the whole time he was mayor was on the take. And of course, the FBI caught him by posing to be, you know how it works, to be people who he could make money from. And of course, he didn't know. All that testimony is signed, sealed, and delivered in the bank, so to speak. He's going down. His defense team is going to make his last desperate argument today. And I've been kept informed of this by the instigator investigator, who sometime we'll have back on the show to report on all this stuff. And it's a lead pipe cinch, as we say, that he's going to be found guilty. And he's probably, get this now, going to get a four-year prison term. That's not the first local politician. Do you recall? She's in the jailhouse now. Corrine Brown. And let me remind you of something. Corrine Brown's name. Guess what? is still on the Regional Transit System building. After, and I know this because I know people on the Regional Transit System Committee that advises the city of Gainesville. After that committee has voted not once but at least twice and maybe thrice 
unanimously, as I recall, that the name Corrine Brown, <clears throat> a convicted felon, should be removed from the regional transit system building. <clears throat> Here we are taking old Joe down, but we're not taken down. I know Joe didn't commit a crime, by the way. But Corrine Brown committed a crime. Corrine Brown was a result of one of the most gerrymandered districts you'll ever see. It looked like a dog's hind leg. And she was the go-to person for the people in that district to get political favors in exchange for oh, just a little bit for her. So you've got Corrine Brown and you've got Andrew Gillum. I tell you, you've got some more around here that just haven't been snagged. And they're from this community. So it's really kind of amazing that the wheels of justice have caught up with these people. One at a congressional level and the other at a state level. So you haven't read much about it. Lloyd Bailey says the chestnuts and long. Yes, Lloyd, you know, Rodney Long has more lives than the proverbial nine lives of the cat. You recall, since our viewer here has reminded us, that Rodney Long, while he was a commissioner, county commissioner, Mysteriously resigned. Let me speculate on why Rodney Long resigned. If he had been in office and had been caught, because <clears throat> there were some things breathing down his neck, he would have put his retirement in jeopardy. So by bailing out, he sort of removes himself from scrutiny. But he's still one of these characters. You know, right now, they're after Trump for a number of things. One of which is writing something off as a business expense, whatever. You know that. Rodney Long used to take out of his financial, political money that supporters had contributed to him 
under the belief that that money would go for Rodney to, you know, buy advertising and the things that are traditionally done. Rodney would take some of that money out of those contributions and get his dry cleaning done. And I know a contributor to his campaign who, when he found this out, called up Rodney and said, Rod, I did not give you money to get your clothes cleaned. And I'm told that the answer the contributor got from the candidate was that, well, getting my clothes cleaned is part of my spick and span presentation when I'm on the campaign trail. So I see it, he said, allegedly, I'm getting this from the contributor. I see it as part of my campaign money. Yeah. Check that out. Check the rules out on that. So it's amazing in so many ways that the state legislature has listened to the arguments of our representatives and said, we hear you. And we don't think that that's fair. So we've got leadership. And then we've got people who purport to be leaders. Rodney, they never got anything done for you. They've all talked about East Gainesville. They never get anything done for East Gainesville. They don't work to change the culture of East Gainesville. And until the culture changes or the perception of the culture changes, businesses are not going there. I don't care how many subsidies you give and all that. In fact, they're leaving. You take a look at these big Democrat-controlled towns where the victim is the criminal and the criminal is the good citizen. And I'm looking at Michael Lucas. Well, Fetterman did out of Pennsylvania. <laughs> He's the best. Michael's saying you don't have to look rumpled. Fetterman's rumpled. <laughs> Senator from Pennsylvania. So anyway, uh, maybe he's joking, but I, that's a good example. Um, you want to have your clothes cleaned up, you pay for it out of your own pocket. You don't take it out of your financial campaign pocket. I mean, it's come on. Everybody knows that. But he gets away with that. He gets away with that. Just like Yvonne Henson Rawls at the time, he got away with going inside the precinct office, uh, precinct voting uh, precinct, and encouraging people to vote Democrat, violating the 100 feet or distance. And, and, you know, so when somebody complains about it to the supervisor, supervisor fires a poll watcher for letting her in, 
rather than penalizes her for going in. You know, people always say, don't they? Oh, we're a nation of laws. No, we're a nation of people who interpret the laws. We're a nation of people who apply the laws when we want to. You know, we got a lot of laws. We don't use them all. Well, people say, why have we got them? Oh, we got them just in case we need them. It's like a tennis bag. You know, you see, if you watch tennis the way I do, they'll have these tennis players, you know, show what they carry in their bag. It reminds me of all the laws that are on the books that you don't use. You look in the tennis bag. Oh, they got this. They got that. They got chapstick. They may not use it. They got two pairs of socks. They only maybe use one. Uh, what do you got it for? You got it just in case you need it. That's the way the laws are. What do you got that law for? Uh, hey, we got a law against homelessness. Hannah, you've seen it, you've seen it enforced? What do you got it for? Oh, it's a feel-good deal. We told the public we deal with it. You know, that's what it is. It's good. It gets it feel good. They don't ever use it. And in the big cities right now, they can't stop them from pitching a tent on public property. And the public property can be a sidewalk in front of your house. You know, if you go into these subdivisions, there's an easement in your front yard. It's for the street and utilities. So you can look out, even in Gainesville, you can look out and the guy could be camped on your easement because you don't own it. The city does. The city might not choose to enforce that law. Hey, it's nuts. So we got leadership. <clears throat> Rarely do you get it. Thank you. Thank everybody you got it. We'll see what happens next. We're going to take a break for the weather. We'll be right back on the Ward Scott Files. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. 
Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Word Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All bees poop. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Now for the weather brought to you by Lewis Oil. Ward Scott Files. Ward's weather report. Brought to you by Lewis Oil Fossil Fuel Company. By golly, gasoline. Good company. So um, let's face it. You know, the naked rain dance. People were thanking me for that. They hadn't got rain like this in forever. And I warned everybody, you know, once I started it, I could never stop it or predict it. And so we've got all this great rain coming through, and we got some storms with it. So there you are. I mean, I I got your rain, so to speak, and people are thanking me, and there's going to be more coming. Um, I don't know. Here at Windy Hill, I think we had about two and a half, three inches. Other places had more. Uh, some of them even got hail. Um, Thankfully, we didn't get that, but uh, we need it. You know, it's amazing how quickly things turn green uh, right after you uh, see a rain. We've already got grass now green. Now, we're going to have some more severe thunderstorms around in the southeast. So that's the way it's going to be. And, uh, uh, you know, we're going to hope we dodge the tornadoes. That's what we don't want any of. And we don't want any of the lightning. The lightning is no fun. So um, take care of yourself and hopefully you get the rain, but you don't get the wind. You don't get the lightning and you don't get the the uh, tornadoes. Well, you're watching the Ward Scott Files and we got the call in number open. So you can call us. Um, 352-707-9101. I'm looking at the questions here. Um, Lloyd Bailey wants to know why the street guys are not arrested for stealing shopping carts. We don't, Lloyd, we don't have enough fingers and toes to, you know, and, and, you know, it's a good point. What laws do you use your limited resources to enforce? You can't take your cops and waste them, so to speak, since you don't have enough, especially on grabbing people who are grabbing carts. And isn't that the problem of the individual business? Of course, the individual businesses, as I understand it, 
have been told, don't stop a shoplifter. You can get sued if you maim the shoplifter for taking your products. I don't get it. I don't get it. But that's the way it works. Locally, we've had one other story I'm going to cover with you, which is kind of really remarkable. And it, it, it's remarkable for, I want to go through some of the reasons why it's remarkable. First of all, football. It's a violent sport. And that's what attracts the people to it. Brings out that in the human instinct. Is so much imprinted in the American culture that, of course, advertisers have flocked to it. Television has flocked to it. And that produces the money. One of the football teams, the Washington Commanders, of course, were the Redskins, recently sold for about six billion bucks. This is one team. I've forgotten now how many teams are in the NFL. But multiply at times, let's take five million, five billion times the number of teams in the NFL. Somebody out there can do the math for me. So that's sort of the value of owning one of those things. This NFL draft. Yesterday's version of it was an imitation of a rock concert. Filling a field in Kansas City, the home of the NFL champions. Ingenious idea. I believe this NFL draft used to be on a stage in a building. But some genius decided, why that? Why not reward the championship city with the draft in open air and make a big hoopla out of it? And indeed it was. And the top four or five guys get all the attention. By the time you reach the second day of the draft, it's more or less a ho-hum. 
But the beginning of it, it's presentation yesterday evening, was gargantuan. Taking place at the same time the NBA was on. And by the way, in watching the NBA, I've become convinced that those athletes are the best in the world. They're big, they're fast, they're strong, they're coordinated, they're quick. They've turned that NBA into a, a track race with three-point shots, which they make. But it's only five people on a team. Your squad won't be the number of people that you carry on the NFL, which is obviously wound up in the finances. Now, the number one draft choice, which was the quarterback from Alabama, according to the figures that I've found here on the NFL product areas, the total value, as the car dealers say, of a contract as the first round draft pick. And this is just the beginning. It's $41,217,000. According to SpotRack. The number one pick will get a 20... Six thousand nine hundred twenty-six million nine hundred seventy-six thousand dollar bonus and an annual salary of seven million four hundred ninety-four thousand. We had a local guy, as you know, with practically no experience. Go number four. According to Spot Rack, that contract and total value is $36.9 million. Now, Anthony Richardson came from Eastside. His mama worked two jobs, driving a school bus and working at one of the fast food restaurants. He's going from those economics as a 20-year-old, and I'm going to tell you, 20 years old, if somebody if I'd done if somebody done this to me, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have known what to do. At 20 years of age,
to $36.9 million. And that's just initially. That include all the other stuff, endorsements, and who knows what that adds up to. Now, he could have stayed in college because he was only a, a kid, really. And he would have profited from the name, image, or likeness that's going on now. But he's too talented. So he doesn't have any, and you can't blame him, he doesn't have any loyalty to the University of Florida. Now that bothers some people. I talked to some fans. I said, you still going to the games? Oh yeah, I don't care about it. Name in your likeness. On the other hand, a lot of people aren't. It's changed their allegiance to the team. And there are more people getting more calls than ever before to stay loyal, buy tickets, not happening. So if you're a 20-year-old kid, first of all, you're going to get paid to go to a team if you're good. And it better be a lot of money or you're not going to hang around because the NFL is going to give you more. So Anthony Richardson went from inside a year or two from Eastside High School to, in this, his case, Indianapolis Colts. And about almost $40 million in his pocket. Now, the next challenge for him is going to be surrounding himself with people he can trust. Because he has just become a soft target, what the military calls a soft target, one that cannot defend itself. If he's going to really get to the level he needs to be and fulfill the money they gambled on him, his mind is not going to be, I would think, on his investments and his financial world. And and what model does he have of that in his past life to teach him how to manage those kind of dollars? And so this becomes a moment of peril. Red Taylor got taken advantage of by so-called trusted manager of his money. Whom do you trust in the world on your inner circle? If you look around, if you've got one or two, you're doing well. I think. And if you've got three You're really doing well. 
So we wish Anthony Richardson the best, but the challengers are just starting. There's going to be a lot, as we say in the game, processing going on. The other interesting story that's going on in this state is the battle between Disney and DeSantis. Which is to say, does Disney get to keep its special deal? Disney has always had a special deal. They carved it out disingenuously when they first came here and bought the land. When Disney bought the land, they did not, their agents did not say to the people, to the sellers, that we're from Disney. The agents acted as if they were representing this person, that person, to keep the sellers from asking for more money. And when it was all done, these apparent individual buyers revealed that they were all one buyer, and it turned out to be Disney. And the state of Florida should never have done it if you loved Florida for Florida. bought into it, and the rest was all hello and goodbye with special treatment. And rather than, from the DeSantis point of view, behave as if you were responsible and appreciative of the special deal you got, you just continue to Act as if you're your own country. And misread the tea leaves, so to speak, on what is politically acceptable. To the point that you're asked to sort of change course and you don't. And it becomes very obvious when you look at it in this context that Disney is a part of the woke corporate America. Do you recall this? Do you recall Delta Airlines? protesting the state of Georgia's election reform. Do you recall this? Banks divesting from fossil fuels. Oh, that's okay, right? 
It's okay for the woke progressives to do that. But it's not okay if you question that. It's okay for Bud Light to cater to the woke progressives. Gillette to get into criticism that it's a toxic masculinity that they represent. Gillette Blue Blades, I remember, represent toxic masculinity. Or Nike's Colin Kaepernick ads. Well, that's okay. That's okay. But push back. Oh, you're not with it. How about the worst one, perhaps, of all, big tech censorship? Oh, that's all coming out. Artificial intelligence, really. It can invade anything and everything and make it appear as if it's real. Smaller competitors are just pushed out. Whole businesses leave sections of town because of the, of the rampant crime. These corporations are all chasing the short-term self-interest influenced by political favors from the progressive administration. Electric vehicles, perfect example. Perfect example. And the endless criticism from the Pocahontas, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Uncle Joe. That big business is bad. The manipulation of corporate behavior, corporate welfare, through tax credits, so let a governor like DeSantis criticize Disney. And he is criticized of his governing authority going beyond Disney's rights. That state argument is primarily only mentioning 
as usual in the press, part of the story. And Disney, the title of today's show, I think of as the Disney football. It's going to be picked around as an example of the punishment you'll receive if you question woke capitalism. And woke capitalism is a corruption of the free marketplace. And has to be confronted. It's another way in which the financial, not just the financial wealth of the country, but the choice of the individuals. If woke progressivism has its way, you'll have to have an electric car. Why? Because the car dealers won't make anything else. Why? Because they'll be getting money from the government to make it more profitable for them not to make fossil fuel cars. Your government, without your approval. A strange set of circumstances. So it's interesting to watch Disney and and DeSantis uh, in this battle. There's lots of big implications about it that are worth paying close attention to. Well, try to stay dry because I think there's going to be more rain coming. I'm not going to do the naked rain dance anymore. Um, I don't want to bring a deluge beyond what we've got. So have a great weekend. Study your homework and be an informed citizen. Warthog Command Center out.